What's up, everybody? Welcome back. And man, this is a time of year where you would have coaches, GMs, scouts, and even sleepy old Raleigh McKenzie heading out to Indianapolis to check out the top college talent. This is a time of the year that the NFL Combine would be happening, but because of COVID restrictions, the league has canceled the Combine. Now, teams will do their respective workouts. They'll have their pro days at the schools, be limited, a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of phone conversations. What we won't see this year is we won't see the Underwear Olympics on NFL Network. We won't talk about DK Metcalf's shuttle because obviously that's so pertinent to what he's doing. We won't talk about all those things. We won't talk about the weird conversations that some teams and so the questions that some teams ask these players. And I won't get into that because this is a family show. But what I am going to talk about is what the impact of the combine not happening this year has on, on teams, on coaches, on general managers, on players, because they don't have the film. They don't have the workouts. They don't have the things that you would typically see at the NFL combine, but also with what's going on in the league and going on the NCAA, you had a lot of players that didn't play a full season. You had players out there for five games. You had players that may have had a breakout season that didn't play against anybody or teams that were ill-prepared. And then you have situations where teams are starting right now in college. We saw Jackson State play their first football game of the season last week where Coach Prime obviously coached a 53 to nothing victory. But that was the first game that Jackson State played. So there's going to be a lot of questions that come up because the draft process – there's going to be teams still playing. What happens? How does this happen? How do teams evaluate? Well, obviously, where you have some of the better evaluators, that helps. Where you have teams that have continuity with head coach and general manager, that helps. When you've got teams that have new head coaches coming in or new general managers or people that don't know what the hell they're doing, that's where the red flags get raised. That's where you say, is this the right move? Is this what's going to happen? Who knows what the hell's happening? Who knows what the hell's going on? But you have teams where you have a good GM. You have a head coach who has a plan. You have a defensive coordinator who has a plan. They're able to meet together. They're able to figure out how they're going to make this work. Now, I look at the Raiders. Now, a lot of people have knocked John Gruden. A lot of people have knocked Mike Mayock over the decisions that they've made. I'm going to put that to the test this season. I'm going to... Look at some of the defensive players that were picked. And as of right now, I'm going to put that blame on Paul Gunther. Partly because he's not here, but also because the defense was bad. And so I want to see how this defense goes into play and how this defense changes under Gus Bradley. Because if the players that were drafted, the Damon Arnett's, the Trayvon Mullins, the Cleveland Farrells, if those players play better under Gus Bradley, then that's a Paul Gunther issue. If those players play the same as they have played, and don't get me wrong, Cleveland Farrell, I think, is, has the ability to be a very good defensive end in this league. He's obviously not going to be a 10-sack-a-season guy, but he's a guy that's going to be able to set the edge, stop the run, and also create havoc in the backfield. He may not always get there, but he's going to be able to 
clear up that double team, make it easier for Max, and hopefully we can get some defensive tackles who could pass rush outside of Maurice Hurst. But as we look around the league, as we look around, you know, these players, I think Trayvon Mullen played really well his rookie year. I think his sophomore year, he had a bit of a slump. There were some injuries here and there. There was, you know, obviously issues to deal with. Damon Arnett had some issues his first year. He had a couple concussions back to back. He had a wrist injury. He dealt with COVID. Uh, Jonathan Abram was coming in. He had a couple injuries that he dealt with. Um, it was really his first year because he injured himself after the first game. So I'm not one that's going to sit here after one, two years and call a player a bust. I'm going to look at how do these players perform under a new defensive coordinator in a new system when they're fully healthy. Let's look at getting these players healthy first before we really start to judge them. You can't you can't judge a player based off of an unhealthy season. It's just not it's not feasible. So those are the first questions. And then we look at let's look at some of the talent. Let's look at some of the talent that's out there. Let's see what Mike Mayock has planned. Let's see what the conversations that Mike Mayock and Gus Bradley have had. Let's see the conversations that Mike Mayock and John Gruden have had. Let's see what the conversations that the team and Derek Carr have had of offensively what they need as well. Because, look, I know you got, fans don't want to spend a lot of picks on, on offensive talent, but we need to look at the facts. We have Trent Brown, who's sitting there at $14 million. He may not be a Raider next year. You have Richie Incognito, who's due to make about $6 million. He may not be a Raider. You got Denzel Good, who's a free agent. He could get money elsewhere. You have to prepare for the things that may happen. Nelson Aguilar may not resign. So you need to look at those things. You know, you need a receiver. You need, I mean, hopefully Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards are the players that, that they were drafted to be. But the Raiders need to develop that. And that's that chemistry is going to get developed, hopefully, in the offseason with Ruggs and Carr and Edwards and, and all of the offensive weapons that they have. Foster Moreau, I'd love to see him get more involved. I talk about him all the time because I think that he's a huge part of the offense going forward. But you look at the needs. Offensively, the Raiders are going to need some help on the offensive line. Rodney's not getting any younger. Gabe has a very big contract, and he's had health issues. He's had a hard time staying healthy. Yes, he was good all season, but you have to have a contingency plan. Colton, Colton Miller's playing great and he's young. That's a good option, but look at a right tackle. If Denzel Good doesn't get re-signed, there's a backup right tackle. If Denzel Good doesn't get re-signed, there's potentially the starting left guard. If Trent Brown is does what Trent Brown did last season and, you know, gets hurt, has COVID, has health issues because of the team doctor giving the IV improperly, that's a problem. Trent's only played 16 games in two years. And so that obviously becomes an issue for the Raiders where the Raiders say, you know, your best, avail your best ability is availability. Are you able to play? Can you play for this team? Are you going to be on the roster? Or do you even want to be here? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think that Trent wants to be a Raider. I think Trent wants to play. I think Trent wants to be healthy. I don't think anybody doesn't want to be healthy. I mean, look, you can question people's uh, questions, desire to play football. I don't think Trent's desire to play football is in question. I think his, his, his ability to stay healthy obviously was a big factor. But I'm not going to question another man's ability to play football. That That's not my job to do. But you look at that. There may be an opening there. That said, the Raiders might have to draft an offensive tackle. Now, luckily, this is a very deep draft for tackles. They could potentially find one in the second or third round. Use that first round pick for a defensive tackle. Use that first round pick for a defensive end. Or use that first round pick for a safety. But if you look at best player available, if there's none of those players available, and Najee Harris is sitting on the board, I'm sorry, this is going to piss off some Raider fans, you take Najee Harris. You add a one-two punch. You got Najee and Josh Jacobs. You got Thunder and Lightning. This is what a lot of Raider fans have been clamoring for. A lot of Raider fans have been saying, where's our Wheatley? We got our Garner. Where's our Wheatley? There's your Wheatley. And he's even more than Wheatley. But this is where the Raiders coaches, Mike Mayock, John Gruden, Gus Bradley, they have to do their homework. Tom Cable even. They have to do their homework. Because not only are they not going to the combine, they're not seeing these players up close, they're not seeing their workouts, they're not seeing their work ethic. They're not meeting with them. They're not having these conversations. They need to review tape. They need to see how these players play. They need to talk to the coaches. They need to have meetings. They need to do Zoom meetings. And they really need to not reach on players. I think that that's the frustration that a lot of Raider fans have had is that it's not the fact that the player that was picked, it's where the player was chosen. I think the Raider fans want to see that clear number 17 pick. If you're a number four pick, they want that clear number four pick. You know, in the 2014 draft, the Raiders drafted Khalil Mack and Derek Carr. Those picks were right on the money. Derek Carr could easily have gone in the first round. He fell to the second. Raiders traded up and they got him. But Khalil Mack was a smart pick at number four. But I'm not telling any of you guys anything that you don't know. What I'm telling you is that we got to look, and this, hopefully this team, they look and they dig deep down and they say, okay, we've had a couple reaches. We've made maybe a few mistakes. How do we rectify this? This defense was one of the worst defenses of the decade. Our offense was a top 10 offense. How do we change that? How do you keep a top 10 offense and get at least a middle of the pack defense? You know, it's not it's not outside the realm of possibility. Gus Bradley's had a few top 10 defenses. You know, we talk about a lot of moves that need to be made. Marcus Mariota may get traded. And it's interesting because Hondo Carpenter, Sports Illustrated, actually put an article out discussing Derek Carr with a few GMs in the National Football League. And the things that they had to say about Derek Carr 
you would think that he's a completely different person than what fans on Twitter say because, you know, a lot of these GMs said that Derek Carr is greatly unappreciated. They understand some of the criticism that he gets because of the fact that the team hasn't had a good record, but they also acknowledge the fact that he hasn't had a good defense. They compared him to Phil Simms, and they basically said the difference between him and Simms is the fact that Sims had a great defense to bail him out. Wow. That makes pretty good sense. I mean, you know, Phil had one of the best defenses of all time. So he had the greatest defensive player of all time. But you also look at, you know, Derek Carr can't make any mistakes. And I'm not here to say that Derek Carr is perfect. I'm not here to say that Derek Carr is the best thing since sliced bread. I'm not here to say that he's a top five quarterback, but he's definitely a top 10 talent. And the NFL GMs even said that he is. His stats even show that he is. Now, when we talk about it, Derek Carr is one of those guys that can't make any mistakes because if he does, the defense isn't going to get it back for him. If he has a game where he messes up, if he has a game where he fumbles or he has a few fumbles, it makes it harder to come back from it because the defense isn't going to get you back in that game. So those mistakes, they obviously keep him up at night because it's like, well, shoot. I got to do everything perfectly to make sure that we put ourselves in the right position or I'm getting another comeback victory or we lose a game. And we fi- we finish eight and eight, which is still remarkable, but unre- unremarkable in the fact that the Raiders started six and three and went to where they are. But it's remarkable in the fact that, you know, they shouldn't have even been eight and eight. There's a vast, there's a huge possibility the team could have been four and 12. I mean, really, it's a difference between a couple comeback victories, a difference of a couple games. The Jets game, we could have lost easily. I mean, so you you look at that, and it's one of those situations where the offense cannot make any mistakes. Defense has to get better. Defense has to turn the ball, create turnovers. The defense has to get stops. On third and long, you cannot give up the big play, and that's what we saw a lot of this past season. So when I'm Mike Mayock, I'm John Gruden, I'm Gus Bradley, I'm I'm Tom Cable, I'm going into these meetings. I'm going into these combines. I'm watching film session. I'm looking for dogs. I'm looking for leaders. I'm looking for guys that can make plays and guys that are going to get out there and get after it. And then when I look at free agency, you look at some of the players that are out there because you want to get a player that's going to come in, that's going to lead this defense, and that's going to take ownership, that's going to hold people accountable. There was nobody to hold anybody accountable. Vic Tafer of The Athletic had an interview with David Irving where David Irving even said that there was no leadership on defense. You know, the guys that were brought in to be captains, some of them were, you know, role players. Uh, Some were new players on the team that didn't even really make an impact. I mean, Malik Collins was the captain, but he was injured. He had six seasons in 2019. He had zero in 2020. He was oft injured. He wasn't on the field. He was a healthy scratch, I believe, in a couple games. You know, there was a lot of veteran, quote unquote, leaders, but they weren't real leaders. The Raiders need to add an alpha. Now, John Gruden's always talking about bringing in that alpha, adding that alpha. There's a few alphas that are out there in free agency. There's some guys that are going to go out there and bring in that veteran leadership that are going to bring that dog to a fight. They're going to slap you upside the head if you do something wrong. The Raiders need that. The Raiders need that mentality. They, They need somebody to tell you when you mess up. Raiders need somebody who's going to get into it with their team on the sidelines because there was a big play given up 
or somebody dropped an interception. Somebody needs to take responsibility that if you drop an interception, you go back and you get it next time. That they're punching at the football every single time that they line up on that field and they go to take somebody down. That they're running to the ball. That they're being physical and they're getting after it. Now, I know Rod Marinelli is going to teach his defensive line that and hopefully that he has more control over his defensive line and has the ability to get them to where they need to be. And hopefully Gus Bradley can take this young team and mold this young secondary into some dogs and some hitters because there's some guys that want to get after it. There's some guys that want to hit. But he does need that veteran presence back there. He needs that veteran leadership on the defense. And in my next episode, I'm going to get into that. But until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.